Hi, I'm Simon Devereaux, Director of Global Talent Development at Framestore, and welcome to the Framestore podcast, a learning and talent development focused podcast made by Framestore for Framestore. Back in March, we celebrated Women's History Month with a stellar lineup of female team members under this year's theme, Celebrating Women Who Tell Our Stories. Now, as we work through May, we conclude our celebration with an excellent episode. This week, it's a Framestore Pictures special with Michelle Waxman, LA-based executive producer, taking on the dailies. Joining us for this week's episode as co-host is VFX production coordinator, Leo Wakute from our Montreal studio. This was a fun recording and a wonderful conversation. So please settle in and enjoy episode 20, part one of the Framestore podcast, our Framestore Pictures special. Welcome back to another episode of the Framestore podcast. Every two weeks, we invite both a guest from our global Framestore community and a co-host with a keen interest in our guest's craft, work or career path. And we let the magic happen. We split each episode in two parts across the week. On today's episode, I warm them up by inviting our guests to the Framestore podcast daily session, our 13 question grilling, followed by Thursday's second part, where our co-host leads a deeper dive into why we invited them on the pod in the first place. On this week's episodes, we conclude our series of conversations celebrating Women's History Month, or should I say Women's History Quarter. This year's theme is celebrating women who tell our stories. So we are very well placed at Framestore to have these discussions where we continue to spotlight women's achievements, increase visibility and raise awareness of roles, disciplines and different perspectives across our global community. Today we invite LA-based Framestore Pictures executive producer Michelle Waxman to take on the dailies. With over 20 years in advertising and branded entertainment content, with the last eight plus years working as an EP, Michelle has worked with the very best directors, production and post-production teams, agencies and clients the world over. Starting out in the heady 90s as a commercial rep at Creative Management Partners, Michelle quickly learned the ropes from a wonderfully rich and diverse group of agents, managers and EPs, building strong relationships along the way with long-term clients such as Academy Films, DNA and Serious Pictures to name a few. In 2002, she opened her own commercial repping company, MBW Represents, with the three clients I've just mentioned as the core of her roster. Over 13 years, Michelle's trusted clients grew to include names such as Gorgeous, Park Pictures, Rattling Stick, and many, many more. Prior to joining Framestore Pictures in January 2022, Michelle was EP and Head of Global Sales at Nonfiction Unlimited, EP at Chelsea Pictures, leading the LA office, and at Serial Pictures in Culver City. Michelle is extremely passionate about discovering and developing both director and production talent, and we are very lucky to have her on the pod. Joining us for this week's episode's co-host is Leo Waukute, VFX production coordinator based in Montreal. Since graduating from the University of Quebec, Leo has been working his way up a film production career path, having started out at Mr. X for a brief spell, 
then joining the Framestore team in September 2021. Welcome to the podcast, Michelle and Leo. How the devil are you both? That was a long, long intro. Probably the longest one I've done. <laughs> I think goodness. I messed up your the pronunciation of your surname, Leo. I'm putting it out there to the, the, the loyal Framestore podcast listenership now. Full disclosure. <laughs> How's it going? Great. Thank you for having us. Yeah, I'm great. Excited to be here. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this one. Uh, I wanted to call this our Framestore Pictures special because it's uh, an area of the business that I feel doesn't get enough props and absolutely should for a number of obvious reasons that we're going to get into. Um, but I'm also excited because uh, it's taken us a while to get this in the diary, it hasn't has. it, Michelle? Because you are ridiculously busy and a beck and call <laughs> of so our sorry. wonderful clients. <laughs> no, ne never apologize. I appreciate you being flexible. Thank you so much. Always. So I want to get into it. And one of the things, as this is our kind of final episode celebrating Women's History Month, and we've been doing it over three months now because we've had so many great names sent our way. I wanted to ask you, Michelle, before we get into the, the core content uh, around what women's history means to you personally. Is it something that's on, on your radar? I mean, it's going back to March this year now, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that um, I think it's important just in terms of, you know, relating back to what we're talking about here is, um, you know, with storytellers in particular, Women's History Month, um, mm. it's all about the authenticity of, of stories. And I think that um, women can tell stories from their perspective. And I think it's just so important that finally there's a bit of... Um, honesty to that, yeah. to that, I think, um, I think that there's so many groups that also need to lean into their authentic storytelling and, and women are just one piece of the puzzle. And yeah. I think that when you start, um, kind of, uh, giving people their, their moment and time, uh, to, to be recognized, I think it just makes us all richer, frankly. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. And Leo, I'd love to get your take on, on Women's History Month as well as a, as our resident male guest. You, you're our first male guest across <laughs> the whole experience we've had. So it's great to have you here. But what, what's your take? What does it mean to you? Um, well, I think it's great that we take the time to highlight and uplift all the wonderful talent and work we have in VFX. And I think like mm. we all know historically that like women have been underrepresented in cinema, like from every span of it so i think taking the time to recognize the achievement we've done also the work still to be done and to open up space um and give people the resources and opportunities to tell stories for example yeah. um i think that's something that framestore as a big studio as a studio with a lot of resources can like work towards and i think that's great Excellent. Thank you, Leah. And storytelling comes up a lot on the podcast. I mean, it's a, a, a running theme around either it's the output or the stories, your stories, your career stories. I mean, I've just told Michelle's story in great detail. Thank you, LinkedIn, again, for <laughs> a plotted history. But we are in the business of storytelling, aren't we? And, 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 create, and, and realizing kind of directors and clients' visions on screen or, or any other yes. medium. I mean, it's, uh, and it's, it's an exciting and privileged business to be in, isn't it? Absolutely. It's the core of, of what we do. And I think that um, through all the sort of machinations of business going up or down and budgets flip-flopping all over the place, yeah. as long as we keep our eye on the storytelling, I think it'll always sort of 
survive, um, mm-hmm. you know, all the changes. And I think that um, throughout history, people just, people need it. People need to tell their stories. They need their stories to live there. It's, it's just in our blood to be able to do that. So um, it is a privilege. Exactly. Exactly. Nice to get paid for it as well, isn't it? As well, <laughs> it's not too shabby. For sure. <laughs> An added bonus. Um, but yeah, speaking of the storytelling piece, Michelle, I'd, I'd love to get under the skin of what Framestore Pictures does. I mean, it's a simple question, which is for the uninitiated or the uneducated. What do Framestore Pictures do? What is the role of Framestore Pictures? Absolutely, absolutely. We're we're a live action production company. Um, we're we have a roster of curated filmmakers. Um, we have the privilege of being backed by the powerhouse of Framestore. So we are uniquely positioned um, as no other production company is. But at our core, we are a roster of storytellers and filmmakers. And um, yeah, and we do the live action. Awesome. And how many I mean, how many directors are you talking to on a regular basis? Or who's on your roster? I'm not talk, looking for names specifically, but you know, how many kind of talented, you know, storytellers do you do you have on your books, Michelle? Well, I mean, I'd, I'd say it, it's we like to keep around the ten to twelve sort of number currently. Um, there's some people who are, um, you know, we have a, a UK roster as well, the US roster. Um, it sort of it sort of varies, you know. And some of our there, it's multidisciplinary. So some people are on other projects, and then they come back to sort of the commercial space. It, it varies, but it's around there. Thank you, Michelle. And your role as executive producer or EP on those uh, those jobs, those those, those, those yes. projects, you know, how does your role manifest itself when you are dealing with you know directors, clients, you know. Yeah, production teams. I mean, what's tell me a bit about you. I'm not asking for a day in the life, but you know, what, what does the role entail? Yeah, it's um it's multifaceted. So it really it's it's everything from the management of the the careers and the trajectories that our filmmakers want to take. Um, so from when we start talking to them, it's about creating a ladder for them to the kind of work that they want to be doing and how to get them there. Mm. It's leveraging my relationships over all of these years to get them opportunities and for the company to get opportunities. Uh, so it's, it's, um, it's the management, it's the sales. And then once the project comes in, it's the pitching, it's the, it's the, the bidding, it's the closing, it's the, then it's the production and then the promotion of it. Interesting. But when you're, you know, when I think of an executive producer, I think of what you've just said, right? Bidding, you know, negotiating, you're at the coalface of deals and getting stuff on, you know, agreed. And, you know, it's almost kind of like a, not a sales role. I think that devalues it, but, you know, a, it's a dynamic role, right? And then on the flip side, you've talked about nurturing relationships and nurturing talent and, and bringing people up and understanding where they want to go. You know, how do you balance the Two, what I see is two very different mindsets. One is very empathetic and understanding and nurturing. And on the other side, it's like, right, let's get out there and let's, right. you know, let's, let's get these directors on people's radar and get them promoted. Well, the two are definitely not mutually exclusive. They mm. go hand in hand because I think that the more you are sort of um, uh, nurturing and figuring out a strategy, the more protective you are of it and the more sort of competitive you are to get where you want to go with it. Um, yeah. you know, we're, f- Jen and I at pictures are fiercely c- 
competitive <laughs> and, <laughs> and protective of our, our, of our team, you know, and want to get them opportunities. It's, we don't take, um, the signing of a director lightly mm-hmm. by any means. It's something that we're very, very passionate about. You, you take the responsibility. Um, so the two go very hand in hand. Wow. Do you get inundated with reels and, and director approaches or do you make the approaches? I mean, how does that work when you've got such a, a arguably a small roster of super duper talent? Yeah. I imagine there's loads of directors out there who want a slice of the action as well. How, how does that work? We do. We do. <laughs> we get a lot of people reaching out. Um, you know, it's, it's hard because you, you'd like to take everybody on. You'd like to help everyone sometimes, um, you know, it, it, it's about, what you feel you can make a difference in very mm-hmm. much. So, so each company, the culture is different. The opportunities that we, we think are best suited for frames or pictures are different from another company. So, um, so it's about finding the people that we feel like we can really make a difference in their careers here versus yeah. at a different company or, you know, different teams or whatnot. It's, it's very unique. Okay, cool. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. And, Another, I've got quite a lot of preamble questions here. We will open up the dailies and drop the dramatic sound effect shortly. Um, <laughs> but typically, when you know the, the the every person thinks of frame store, typically we go to the, the the visual effects of film, episodic, and all the great commercial work that comes out of the integrated advertising teams. But how have frame store pitches specifically been positioning itself in the production space? What work's been done so far? Well, I think it, it goes back to exactly what I was saying. You know, we we have storytellers that are backed by the powerhouse of frame store. So, you know, when a project comes in, we're not just getting on the phone talking about the filmmaker or the production. We have a post EP, we have creatives on with us from the post side. So everything is lockstep moving forward together um, so that we are um, ideating and problem solving from moment one that a project comes in. It's not really separated okay. by any means. Cool. And what goes into that ideation process? How does that differ to maybe a typical film episodic or, or commercial project? Um, it's not so different. I think every project is, you look at it for its uniqueness and every project is also different from the team that we pull together from the filmmaker hmm. to the post team, you know, every time it's in, and the needs of the client. I mean, it's always yeah. driven by the needs of the actual project and the client, you know, how much they want us to elevate or change the story, or if they really want us to solve a problem. Um, each one is a unique beast that we just sort of, you know, have to solve individually. Okay. Okay. So from a, a, a production process overall there's not a huge amount of difference like you say i mean like i, I imagine it'd be the same with the film episodic kind of I me mean, i guess leo you might be able to chime in on this working on the film side probably not it's all about problem solving right as a producer Absolutely. at whatever level yeah even as a chord i would say most of what i do is problem solving on a day-to-day basis so definitely yeah. resonates <laughs> excellent excellent thank you yeah and again another a common theme on the podcast you know around problem solving again comes up to those human skills communication and feeding into that whole you know storytelling process one more question michelle uh, i'm in danger of uh, you know not answering my core questions but i would like to ask you one around um the great news around Murray Butler, who was announced as number six on the global list of top 10 directors by Cannes Lions last year. I'd love to ask you what that means for Framestore Pictures and uh, and how that kind of almost feeds into how you're, you're developing the next generation of talent. So I'd love to hear more about that. And then I'll promise to drop the dramatic sound effect. 
No, absolutely. Absolutely. We're thrilled for Murray. He deserves it. He, um, he does beautiful work and it's so, so lovely to see him get recognized for it. Um, and he should on a global scale because his work is, um, you know, his, his world building and, you know, how he's elevated and he's the perfect blend of, of, uh, the, the posts and the production and the communication. He, he really deserves all of it. So we're thrilled for him. Um, absolutely. It's, um, it's important and something that Jen and I are very passionate about is spending equal time on the established directors and getting them opportunities that consistently push them and open doors for them so that Mm. they can keep elevating and bringing up the next generation. So it's, it's hand in hand, you know, we have to spend equal time on both because, um, they are very different, you know, people that we're reaching out to it's different types of projects, but, um, but it's really important to us. You know, Jen Stafford is a young director that we just brought on, you know, straight out of Red Bull. Um, you know, her journey at this stage in her career is very different than, mm-hmm. than Murray. Um, but we really want to spend equal time on both and their um, uniqueness. Yeah, brilliant. And, and on, on the point around uh, nurturing the next generation of talent, um, I, I should say thank you for your service, Michelle, because I think both yourself and, and Murray are active global framestore mentors as well so i'm always about raising up the uh the internal the internal folks doing doing great work so a personal thank you from me for the great work i love doing. it i love it no you're welcome it's one of my favorite parts i love it That's a great one. <laughs> well, uh, i'm always on the hunt for new mentors and mentees and often people who are willing to take on more than one mentee as well but we can we can speak about that offline michelle particularly after the, uh, <laughs> the amazing reception you'll get to your, your podcast episode for sure <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Well, uh, I should move into the, the frame store dailies. Uh, so unless there's anything else you want to say, and we will continue to pepper this conversation with stories from frame store pitches. There's going to be plenty of opportunities to name drop all the amazing people, directors you, you both work with as well. So we're definitely, we're not finished yet, but I think it's time to drop the, uh, the big dramatic uh, frame store dailies sound effects. So I'm going to drop that now. And I'm going to ask you the first, most obvious question of the podcast, Michelle, which is who, where, what, who are you, where are you, and what are you working on? But only if you're allowed to talk about it, which I imagine you can't, but I'm going to <laughs> let that sit with you for a minute. Michelle Waxman, I am in Santa Monica right now, and um, yeah, not too far from the office, and uh, we are... We're, pitching on multiple projects right now. I can't really say exactly what they are. Um, We just finished a couple good ones. We just finished uh, launching the new Toyota Prius, which we're really proud of. Um, Yeah. So some new, new work that's just out of the gate. And then, uh, and we're just finishing up a Verkata project that we just shot in South Africa. Nice. Um, Yeah. So definitely some new work coming out. Excellent. And it feels like a busy time for frame store pitches, uh, but purely based on the fact that it took uh, a long time to pin you down for this podcast, but that's where <laughs> my assumption comes from, but it, it must be, it must be a, a, a good buoyant, busy time for, for the team. It's always busy. It's always busy. Yes. Good it's good. Good to hear. Yeah. And I alluded to, um, to your, your tenure at frame store pitches, but I'll ask the question anyway, because it's the rules of the podcast, which is how long have you worked here? Uh, I think it's been a year and four or five months, something like that. So coming up on a year and a half, something like that. Excellent. And what, and what led you to frame store pitches, if I may ask? I mean, I've already got, I've gone through your incredible uh, story so far, but what, what led you to take the role 
at Frank's Cup Pictures. Jen Siegel, she, yeah, you know, we, we connected and, um, and we hit it off immediately. We are, we're so lined creatively mm, and, amazing. and where we see things going. So it was really the connection with her. Brilliant. Brilliant. And yeah, and Jen was instrumental in getting you on this very podcast, which is, as, <laughs> as you know, as you know, and I'm, I'll, I'll be, I'll be, I mean, we'll get her on as well. I'm sure. I'm sure she'd be an amazing guest. Well, we'll save that for uh, the question at the end where it's reckon who you'd like to be, <laughs> see on the podcast. And uh, reversing back to almost forgetting about your break at Framestore Pictures and then going back to your original break in industry. Now, this is a really interesting question because a lot of people think of break being that first job on a career path, but there could have been points in your career where it's like, this is the break or this is the moment that I thought you thought this is what I want to do for the rest of my career. Um, so what would you consider to be your big break, Michelle, in, in this, this industry? I mean, honestly, I think it was the, it was the first job. It was, okay. it was, you know, starting out as a receptionist in a production company and the people that I met, I had, um, you know, interactions with everybody. It's such a key position to start in, you know, pre COVID yeah. when everybody was in the office, obviously, um, you know, you're, you're meeting all of the directors, you're working hand in hand with them. You're working with the sales teams, you're, uh, working with all the clients when they come in, yeah. um, you know, you're having to kind of read the room in every situation and figure out who people are that are calling and, and mm. the importance of different players in the wide industry. It gives you such a cross view yeah. that I think it was seminal in um, me meeting the people that I continue to work with today. I'm friends with so many of those people that I met at that very first company. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it was integral. Yeah, those, those entry level roles are so important, for, particularly when you work in this industry, because it's all about relationships, isn't it? It's about all, all those about. clients that are coming in and out of the bit, whether you're on reception, whether you're a runner, whether you're um, in client service in, in any way, shape, or form. You are absolutely. I, I used to run the training for client services when I used to work at the mill, and we used to talk about you know you're in this really privileged position where you get to have access to everybody yes a chief executive or the kind of executive team or the clients and you get it right people remember you particularly in those roles where you, it's about customer service it's about Absolutely. making sure somebody's flat white or cappuccinos on point or they get you know they get greeted in a certain way or you remember their name i think it's huge and yeah absolutely absolutely you get to you have to you have to really um read people you have to learn very quickly how to do that and um and make sure that everybody's having a good experience mm. yeah it's a real boot camp isn't it leo does that resonate with you how how was your route into frame store and how did you start how, how did you get a taste for the production life well i was kind of just at the right place at the right time um i was sort of finishing uni not really sure what i wanted to do a little bit in limbo um and i had a friend of mine that was in the industry uh that said that they were looking for a lot of positions that's how i ended up at mr x um so it was sort of a coincidence and at the same time like film uh, tv cinema has always been a passion of mine so it was instinctually um it felt right to join cinema and uh made my way to frame store after a few months to mixer x and i've been here for a year uh, a year and nine months now and honestly i would say the most important skill i've used was really to like connect with people read with mm -hmm. people be able to put yourself in other shoes it's mind-blowing how it applies to everything everywhere um 
Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I bang this drum all the time about human skills. You can have all the technical ability in the world, but unless you can connect with other human beings, um, professional, personal, or otherwise, it, it just doesn't work, does it? I mean, it's, it's, yeah, I'm going to go off my soapbox. I'm in danger of getting overexcited here. <laughs> and people have heard me talk about this it's enough true. on the podcast, but it's so important. <laughs> it's so important. Um, I'm just being kind and listening and actively being present with people and, and, I'm going to shut up now. It's not about me. It's about the longer you are in the industry as well, the yeah. more it's hammered home, the more you realize that you're going to cross paths with everybody again, oh word, the yeah. more that you sort of pay it forward. And, you know, if, if you're looking for an opportunity, just make opportunities for other people. You yeah. know what I mean? Like eventually it will come back around to you, but just be the kind of person that you want to work with. Completely you know, agree. Completely agree. I mean, I've seen runners who I worked with 10 years ago who are now running studios and yeah. they're creative directors. Uh, it's incredible. And it's only been the best part of 10 years. Uh, yeah, I the, completely agree. The people coming up in the industry, I always laugh about it, that everybody in all the vaults at the production companies, you know, the vault people that yeah, I used to work yeah. with are some of the top directors in the industry now. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, everybody, it's it just, that's just how it goes. You know, we all came from, yeah. you know, whatever start it was. We're on the same team for sure. Yep. Um, so back to frame store pictures, Michelle, in your view, and I call this the cheesy question, but it's an important mm -hmm. one, which is what's the best thing about being part of the frame store pictures team? I mean, the people, Yeah, you course. know, it's the people, it's the collaboration. It's, um, you know, Jen and I putting our heads together, the good, the bad, the ugly, when something comes up and mm -hmm. figuring things out together and, and really, you know, that's, that's the best part, part of, um, you know, when I was on the sales side, sometimes you're operating a bit in a vacuum and, um, and it's just so much nicer when you are working with good people and trying to figure it all out together, because sometimes the problems are hard. Um, sometimes the days are hard, yeah. but it's, it's the people that make it better. Yeah. Yeah. It's working on all of these projects and shows. It feels, I mean, what I, I've never worked on any of these shows or projects in all the time I've been in the industry, but every conversation that I've had on this podcast has been around that kind of, not necessarily family. I mean, maybe talks about family kind of culture, but almost kind of like that team spirit and the all or nothing yeah. approach to just getting this thing out the door. And yes, there might be some late nights. Yes, there might be the occasional working over a weekend, but everybody's stuck together almost like glue. And then when you deliver that show, you've had that yeah. experience that you'll never forget that you'll always kind of hop back to when you cross over on yeah. projects again in the know. trenches in the trenches together you know makes a big difference and and the thing that we're, is unique with us is not just us it's not just jen and i but we have the extra added family of frame store yeah. so you totally. know it's it's a bit of unique then that is the best part of also of being here is that um you know we have the entire frame store team also to problem solve and and you know, sort through all these things with, which is just, it's extra bonus. It's like the ultimate collaboration, isn't it? So many mm -hmm. kind of people to draw from. That's great. Yep. Um, so still on frame store pictures, uh, my next question, Michelle, is if you could recommend, this is always a really unfair question, by the way, so I apologize in advance, but if you could recommend one project you've worked on or any, any project, you might, don't even have to have worked on it, just one project that truly showcases frame store pictures at its very best, what would it be? It's like asking me which of my children is know, my favorite I know, child. Awful, I can't, it? I can't do it. I can't play favorites. <laughs> um, <laughs> that may, maybe an example of excellence. Just an example. Let's say somebody came yeah. out and said, "What do frame store pictures do?" And you just go, "Watch this. This will explain it." <laughs> um, 
I, I mean, I don't know. I think that, you know, some recent recognitions would be the Toyota Prius, would be the Kohler work that would yeah. be... You know, all of it. There, each one has different things that kind of were were reasons why we were at our best. Certain amount of problem solving that we absolutely know that nobody else could do. Um, you know, those are the ones. But there's a lot. There's there's Dodge. There's I mean, there's Dominoes. That I don't know. There's it, it's a few. You know what I mean? I'm just so proud of our different filmmakers mm -hmm. and what they do in these situations that I really can't play a favorite. That's okay. I understand. I understand. It's all right, as it's you, Michelle. Um, well, let's get. We'll probably let's get a load of uh, examples in the show notes on the the podcast. We'll get lots of hyperlinks to loads and loads of, of content that people can uh, can lap up. Um, so now we're getting into some quite interesting questions. This is uh, one of my favourites, and I might ask this to you as well, uh, Leo, as a fellow uh, budding producer. Is what is a common myth about your job, role, or field of expertise? What do people often or always get wrong? Do you want to go first, Michelle? Oh, I'll let you guys duke it out. Use <laughs> your collaboration skills to work it out. I don't mind. I don't mind either way. <laughs> I would love to hear you first. Um, I think that um, that it's one job. I think that's mm. the myth um, that that a producer is is one job, and it's really um, it's not. It's what we talked about earlier. It's it's um it's development it's production it's sales it's management mm. it's um it is yeah yeah it's all of it it's yeah. um that it's so many different facets to it i mean you're you're scouting for new talent you're developing existing talent you are um you know managing the bottom line of a company it, it's 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 all of it mm. you know um it's not just one job. I think that's the biggest myth. Yeah, it's an interesting point you raise. I mean, I, I think it, it's it's classic project management, isn't it? I, I think working as a producer, and it's a bit like kind of managing people. You know, when you move from kind of doing one thing to managing, you go from doing what, something very task driven, and it's, I think there's a point in everybody's career where you're doing the thing that you're paid to do, and then boom, you've got to deal with people, and then you become, as you rightly say, Michelle, you're managing strategy you're meeting with people you're negotiating you're project managing you're managing budgets you're doing all of this yeah. stuff that nobody really prepares you for when you start out right. you almost learn by doing and or, or, or you're lucky enough to have a training department but it's it's fascinating there's so many different levels it's almost like embracing the chaos isn't it there's so many hats you have to wear oh, yeah it's a constant collaboration pivot you know, you name it, it is, it's just like, you could put one hat down, put another one on, yeah. put one hat down, put another one <laughs> yeah. on, you know, it's, it's a uh, beaucoup chapeau. Yeah. Uh, what about <laughs> you, Leo? Does that resonate with you, Leo? And you're, you're fairly early on in your career, but I, I see you nodding your head. Yeah. I mean, it definitely does resonate. And what I like about cinema, movies, um, moving pictures in general is that it is basically impossible to do on your own. It is possible, but it is in its essence, a team effort. And I feel like sometimes we sort of see production and the more creative side sort of at odds as if we had like tension and we have to like um, conciliate the business part and the creative part when in actuality, um, it's the work of so many people and you have to articulate all these little pieces and the project management part of it, the prod part of it is part, I feel, of the artistic side as well because it is just not something that's doable on your own. So I like to kind of challenge this little um, 
false contradiction, I would say, that uh, we see between like prod and more um, artistic department, yeah. let's say. It's interesting, actually. We talked about, um, I think it was Ellen Boss's episode from, from the IA team. She was talking about all the artists she works with and how she has to understand their strengths, their skill sets, you know, what they're all about. And it goes back to what you were saying earlier, Michelle, about your, your roster of directors. And I, I almost imagine you with your kind of FBI style dossier where you kind of open the folder and you've got the little passport photo with all the kind of skills, you know, <laughs> certain sets of skills. Uh, really getting under the skin of uh, of the, the craft so like you say it's production isn't just one job Life fighting horseback riding exactly. yeah exactly hobbies sort of. star sign <laughs> all of that but it is you know having that not you know real in-depth understanding of, of of your of your talent i think uh is is almost a, not necessarily a common misconception but when, like you rightly say michelle when people think about production this think about producers getting the job out the door you know deadlines let's get this done people you know leading from the front and actually there's so much more to it which is a, a whole podcast episode in itself it is but i love what leo was saying that you definitely it's not a job that you can do by yourself totally. you know you can't do it without multitudes of people it's really it's such a team sport yeah without a doubt without a doubt thank you um so still talking about the craft what's the most important lesson you've learned over your career michelle what's the big one um, I guess that every day has a new lesson, you know, that at, like literally every single day I learn something new, um, is probably the biggest thing that y you never, as much as you prepare, as much as you, you know, try and plot and plan and prepare for everything, there will always be surprises. And, um, and oftentimes it's something that you've never done, you know, you've never seen, you've never experienced. So you just have to kind of, okay. Yeah. This is new. Let's figure it out. Let's, Brilliant. you know, it's yeah. finding somebody who may know about this particular thing more than me. So let's, let's all figure it out together. Because all, all the jobs are so diverse and different as well. So, you know, it's not like you're doing the same thing over and over again. There's always an, like you talk about problem solving, right? And constantly kind of trying to make something work, whether it's working with software or, or talent or performance or the, there must be so much to it. And it's classic growth mindset, isn't it? going in going right what can I learn today what's the big learning going to be today and then uh, yeah taking stock of that one of the the challenges I, I have on the podcast is saying that you never nobody ever reaches mastery nobody ever gets to knowing everything you know you have you know people in industry not naming any names yeah. who claim to be right I am the the ultimate you know, craftsperson in this area there's nothing else to learn yes. now and actually I think there's there's no truth in that because there's always something new hiding around the corner I think if you if you stop learning, then you should just stop. There's no you know what I mean? Because it's there's some there's so much to learn from, you know, the people who've been doing it forever, but there's totally. so much to learn from the people who are just starting out and being yeah, so totally. scrappy and interesting with the way that they're doing things. It's it's changing so fast, you know. So and that's just maybe storytelling or, yeah. or producing or whatnot. Like it's, you're learning from every degree. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. I mean, I, I'm finding at the age I'm at now where I'm learning. So I'm, I'm more interested in learning from the next generation of talent coming up rather than, you know, the, the older guard, if that's fair to say. Like I think the yeah. uh, the experiences of, you know, Gen Z talent coming in and, and it's, it's fascinating. Whether it be entry entry into industry or whether it be ideas or, the way the world works. I mean, forget about the whole artificial intelligence kind of revolution, evolution that's happening at the moment, which is... Oh, that's a whole route hole. That's its own... We're like, not going you there. Know, quarter of <laughs> podcast. 
but there's, <laughs> it, it's yeah, it's it's fast. It's uh, yeah, it's an interesting one. And and we talked about the the Framestore mentoring program that's built on those new perspectives and not assuming that the the mentor is some kind of sage kind of Gandalf figure and your uh, your mentee is some young you know young apprentice you know it can it can work both ways it can be a reverse relationship for sure right I'm, I'm almost going on another rabbit hole here mentoring rabbit hole back in the room back in the room um uh, I, i'm interested to hear from you leo on this question as well you know uh, again to my point around understanding different perspectives is what, uh, what are the important lessons that or the the important lesson you've learned so far in your career to date I mean, for sure, like jumping in VFX, it was such a new world. It was just an infinite amount of new things to discover. Um, so I think that came with two things, having uh, endless curiosity. I'm very driven by learning new stuff. So as you mentioned, yeah. Michelle, if you're not interested in learning stuff, maybe Framestore is not the place for you. We always learn stuff. Um, and then uh, the other thing I would say is also to stay humble about your own knowings and capacities mm -hmm. and everything and having that humility to know where your knowledge ends, when it's time to reach out for help and to, to be open and frank about that. Uh, because when you treat everyone um, uh, with openness towards when they have limits or they need some extra help, then you get the same treatment. And I feel like that's how we grow as a team. Um, and being upfront about being humble uh, also opens up this idea of there is so much to learn and I'm just, mm -hmm. it's abundant and I'm taking as much as I can. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's, that's been a really fun mindset, honestly, to have. Uh, I wish I learned that when I was starting out, seriously. Humil humility and curiosity. Curiosity is another theme on all of these podcasts is just entering any situation with a healthy amount of curiosity asking questions it's massive yeah huge, isn't it you know not you know nobody's got all the answers yeah it is it is and, and an ability to really listen you know i think that when you ask questions i think that that's a skill set that you know, not everyone maybe has mm -hmm. is, is to really listen. And that's when you learn so much as well. Um, yeah. People, people will tell you and people will teach and um, it's invaluable. Completely agree. I mean, I, I, I say a lot with, I mean, I, I've really enjoyed rolling these podcasts out because for me, I get this uninterrupted time to speak to people like yourselves, you know, across, I mean, this is episode 20 now. And every episode, every conversation, I walk away with learnings. I, I learn something new and there's always a light bulb moment, whether it be a, a, a strange pursuit or hobby that someone has or a real insight into somebody's, uh, somebody's craft. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a genuine privilege and I completely agree with what you both said. And I'm sure we'll return to that as we get into uh, our next question, which is around professional mentors. So this is where you get to do the name drop and you don't have to mention one because... Uh, one of the things I've learned on the podcast is the concept of micro mentors. So, you know, you don't know, not a lot of people have the one mentor that goes with them the rest of the, throughout their career. But Michelle, I'd love to hear from you on that question as to who's been your most important professional mentor or mentors. I really, um, I struggle with this one. I've had so many, I've been so lucky, um, and in different phases of my career to have, great people who have, have taught me so much. Um, I really, I, I know it's, I know it's a cop out, but I don't have like one or two that I can kind of bring up because mm -hmm. I feel like, um, 
it doesn't stop. Yeah. You know, I yeah. still do. I think Jen is still somebody who, you know, teaches me so much every day and, you know, everybody, you know, I learn things from Raz. I learn things. So it's like, I think it's, I think the, the, the sort of, um, the concept that it's one and done or that, you know, that door is closed. I mean, a lot of those people are still in my life, so they still mentor me, but, but also you kind of learn from people along the way of what to do and what not to do. So I think that some of my most important mentors have been really awful people. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> that's interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who are just like, who you you learn from in ways of like, oh, I don't want to be like that. Yeah. I don't want to be that boss who's, you know, writing thank you cards until 10 p.m. and I have to sit and wait until, you know, you're done before I can go home. Mm. Um you know what I mean? It's yeah. like the, like the mentoring can go both ways totally. and you, you just, you take every opportunity to learn from those people around you and, and take those lessons because they give you the good, the bad and the ugly. Yeah. It's about where you, it's like inspiration, isn't it? It's where you draw inspiration from it, whether it's the, the how to be or the how not to be. And I agree with you. I've, I've taken probably more from the, the bad leaders uh, or managers yes. that I've had rather than the good and the good have been great. And I've, I've had some great yeah. people who have, managed me over the years or I've taken stuff from totally but I've had some shockers and not even like and not even bosses only you know it's it's people that I've hired over the years who have taught me so much about how to be better at what I do or 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 what not to do Mm. like what they need versus you know what I thought was a good idea you know what I mean so it, it um Again, like some of those people have been great mentors to me because I'm like, oh, wow, my, I really misunderstood the best way to help you be a better version of yourself. So thank you for teaching me that. Yeah. Um, it's it's interesting. Yeah. It's just a parade of constant mentors. Like these little, like I say, these micro mentors that come and go throughout your life, don't they, I guess? Completely. Um, unless, and yeah, I mean, there's the whole idea of formal mentoring which we run and that's fine but yes. the informal piece is uh, runs deeper doesn't it because it, you can take it from all kinds of walks of life really interesting really interesting yeah. what are your thoughts on on mentoring leo do you have a, a a mentor you'd like to shout out i do actually my vfx career is a little shorter than yours <laughs> michelle so it's easier to pinpoint someone it's michelle um, waxman right is it michelle waxman you've been inspired already leo this is your already already <laughs> brilliant right answer um when I joined the Frame Store uh, a little over a year and a half ago, I was put on a project, and my lead, uh, who is now the Paint and Roto supervisor in Montreal, her name is Marisa Anne, um, she has been an absolute superstar. Um, she has taken me under her wing and taking the time not only to explain and, and, and train me with what I had to do, but also give me the knowledge to understand the processes we were doing, understand the workflows. And we were sort of able to really bounce off each other to um, make our work days as efficient and fun. And, and every day was like, how can we make our life easier and even more fun? However chaotic the project became. So she sort of became my technical mentor. Yes. Teaching me everything about frame store and VFX, but um, it was also wonderful to have like this teammate on my team and to be um, so in sync with the creative part of my team as a core. So Marissa, you're a champion. I love you. 
Excellent, excellent. Loving these shout outs. Amazing. And we're not going to mention the, the bad ones, right? <laughs> sure. No, no. I won't name Just, names. Uh, <laughs> I won't name names. <laughs> we don't want a big controversial <laughs> podcast episode. I keep it clean. Um, so uh, one of my favorite questions on the podcast, Michelle, is about underrated tools. Um, what would you consider to be an underrated tool that's indispensable for you to do your, your work? Pen and paper pencil and paper. Yeah, right. It's oh, it's school. the most Love it's it. under it's underestimated but um it never fails you. You know, when you're on a call to take notes, to um you know, draw something out, to whatever yeah. it is, like pen and paper won't fail you. Um it really is my, I know we're a technology company, but I know, I know. And I'm sorry. I'm I sorry. I like something tactile. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I had two experiences recently. I was at the visual effects festival earlier this year with escape studios. And I did a, I was on a, I chaired a panel on um, careers and stuff. We had recruiters. And then I, I was lucky enough to get to FMX where I was invited on a panel discussion around mentoring, funnily enough, that we've just been talking about. And on both occasions, I shouted about the Access VFX mentoring program. Mm -hmm. And on both occasions, I went to everybody, get your pens out, everyone, get your pens <laughs> out, write this down. And then every, particularly at the VFX festival, where it was all young students, they all just laughed at me like I was some kind of dinosaur. Because <laughs> young people allegedly just get the phones out and just type it or you know get eye pencils but yeah. whatever exactly and maybe it's just like a, a frame of mind you know a pencil and paper okay. it doesn't even need to be the pencil and paper but it is the frame of mind of note taking and yeah. I can't say how many times you know you're in a meeting yeah and you're like did you write it down did you write down what we were talking about so that you can follow through and you can follow you know you you mm. have it and it's like it's it's the most important thing you know take notes write it down follow through yeah. um so whether it is an actual pencil and paper or it's you know a state of mind whatever the piece is that you want to use get it down. to do that um yeah get it down so that's why people journal these days isn't it even on, on the mental health side of things yes. it's about just if it's something that's bothering you write it down it's almost just removing it putting it in a little box for a bit I'm no expert on journaling, but that's the, that's the concept. The same with like with workload, isn't it? To do lists. Yeah, journaling, doodling, you know, is mm. is very yeah. good for your mental health. You know what I mean? While you're like, while you're ideating, you know what I mean? It's like it's just mindful. It's a mindfulness practice. Yeah, it's it's priceless. Yeah, amazing. Bring back, bring back the pen and pencil. I'm telling you, I have one all the time. If it that's is, my if it's just a chew on it, you know. It's yeah, just exactly. <laughs> I know my, my, I have this thing where I always buy really nice, uh, like notebooks and it always starts off beautiful. I mean, nobody can see this obviously because it's an audio podcast, but it's lovely and neat yeah. to start with. And then it becomes the scribblings of a madman. It's like a serial killer's diary. You know, you watch those movies where it's just, I mean, it's just, Oh, a if mess, I did but... a handwriting analysis, yeah, I would be a, definitely like a you know, certified. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So we're going to move into the advice section now. Um, what's one piece of advice you'd give to someone starting out in your field, Michelle? What's the uh, the big golden nugget of advice you'd like to put out there? Uh, I think I think maybe a couple. I think um, show up, you know, show up in every capacity of it. Show up for your peers. Um, be on time. Be a part of the process. Um you know, even if it's not your job right now, think about solutions, um, how to help people, you know, really just show up. Um, 
be a linchpin in any way that you possibly can make yourself indispensable. Mm. Um, I think that's, that's a, that's a big one for me. Like, you know, you're just because your body is there doesn't mean you've shown up. Yeah. Um, really like on all sort of firing on all cylinders show up. Um, and the other one's just be nice, be nice. Like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I know. Say good morning. Say hello. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah, help people out. Yeah, I completely agree with you. It goes a long way. Right, it's, it's the classic. I've said it before. It's, it's work hard and be nice to people, isn't it? You yeah. see the posters everywhere, but it is so true, so true, and it'll, you'll go far. I think that's great advice. Yep. Thank you, Michelle. Right, we're getting into the final questions. Um, I like this one a lot. I, lo- I love the final ones. They're great. Uh, this is, what's one question you wish I'd asked you, and how would you have answered it, Michelle? Or have we covered everything? Have I absolutely smashed it out of the park? Uh, you have. You have. You absolutely have. Oh, so, thank you. That's what I was fishing so for. So even if I have an answer for this, it doesn't mean you didn't smash it out of the park. No, of course. No, no. <laughs> if I'm being forced to answer Damn something. Um, yeah. I would say maybe, um, you know, what are we most proud of at Pictures? Hmm. And I'd say what we've accomplished over the past year and change, like since I've been part of the team with Jen, I'd say, um, you know, that's something that I'm really proud of. Um, We signed three new directors. We've just been, you know, upping the quality of the work that we're doing. And we just want to keep on, keep on pushing the quality of the storytelling and, and the quality of the stories that we want to bring to Framestore as well. So Mm. um, I feel like we're just getting started and, you know, that's, that's something that I'm really proud of. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. You've, you've built something incredible. And uh, I mean, it's not been a huge amount of time, has it? How long has Framesville Pictures been a thing? Well, it's been officially. uh, It's been, well, Jen's been there like seven years. I think it's been, I can't remember the date that we first opened. So it's been around for, for a a little bit, but I think that we're kind of in this last uh, year and a half, we're really kind of taking it to it. Yeah. We're, we're taking it to another level. Um, with our storytelling and um, I think people are starting to notice and uh, we're just stoked about that that it's amazing we feel like we're just getting started there I'm excited to uh, watch the continued journey of frame store pictures we'll get you on there in a year's time Michelle we'll do a I love it 12 month anniversary (laughs) special Uh, we'll see where we're at (laughs) Um, so uh, my final couple of questions uh, Michelle are well the next one is who would you and I alluded to this earlier because you may say Jen Siegel which is who would you like to hear on the podcast next and why? I think Jen would be brilliant. I do think yeah. Jen would be brilliant. Obviously. I also think Brittany Walker would be amazing. I think she yeah. would be great. So I'd say those two would be my nominations of, of uh, you know, to tee up for the next one. Amazing. Well, hopefully they're listening and preparing their answers <laughs> as we speak because we'll be, we'll be, our team will be coming I'm for you. handing it off. <laughs> so I say this on every episode. Of course, people are interested in hearing about your career so far, Michelle. Of course, they want to hear about the uh, the amazing work that Framestore Pictures are doing. But what they're really listening for is the culinary question, which is uh, if you had to eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? I think I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going with my my um, my habit of doing two instead of one. <laughs> I'm terrible. Excellent. I'm not following no, directions right. well. It's really terrible. No, no, you you, you ruined the format. <laughs> yeah. um, tacos. I could probably eat tacos like every day of the week. Oh, like different God, yeah. kinds of tacos. You know, there's just so many varieties of them. I can literally yeah. eat them every day. And mango sticky rice. 
That would be Ooh. the other one. I can Ooh. probably like eat that every day of my life. We have had tacos on the podcast before. We've no mango sticky rice. Mango sticky rice. It's just damn. Where, where's that from? Thailand to die for. Right, and where'd you get it in LA? Um, Thai, most Thai restaurants will have it. Um, I did a shoot in Thailand where they found out that I liked it and brought, mm. it's warm and it's like warm yeah. coconut mango oh. rice with fresh. Uh, Sounds amazing. It's, it's really. And I love sticky amazing. rice. I know. I, I, yeah, I love it. I mean, I had my honeymoon in Thailand and I love the sticky rice that comes in the little, uh, bamboo well, with kind fresh of mango pops. and warm rice yeah but with mango yeah yep let me know once you've had it and i think it's going to be on your list <laughs> well, there's, a, there's a nice spot in my hometown i don't know if it'll be as uh, as eclectic as what you've got in uh, santa monica michelle but I'll, I'll, I'll keep you posted okay i expect a report leo i'd be remiss of me not to ask you what you what you'd go for what's the one meal you'd go for for the rest of your days i mean for a safe answer, I would say a good breakfast sandwich. Um, Ooh, yeah. I already have that for breakfast most days. So I think if I had to eat only that for the rest of my life, it would That's be a good. good. Wow. Least shocking. Well, you're looking very slim on it. I mean, crikey, if I had a breakfast wrap for my breakfast every morning, <laughs> I'd be uh, a, few, um, a few pounds heavier. Maybe it's your youthful metabolism. Uh, thing, perhaps, so. perhaps. <laughs> I'll enjoy it for now. <laughs> well, yeah. I love it. And to be fair, when I'm in LA, I do love a uh, a breakfast burrito. My God, they are just insane out oh, there. It's anyway. the best. Oh, it's, it's dinner time over here, so I'm, <laughs> I'm getting <laughs> And final, final question. I have to ask it to ask it to everybody. We have an accompanying Spotify playlist that that supports the Framestore Dailies questions. And uh, it started on episode one with Sergio Gonzalez, our Unreal and 3D trainer, who uh, when, uh, when asked the question, what, what he wish I'd asked him, he said, what do I listen to while I'm working? Um, and he gave me a load of you know, heavy rock kind of, you know, you know, death metal or whatever it is. And we now have this big, long playlist that everybody can contribute to. So, Michelle, what do you have a go to tune or artist that you listen to when you're not uh, dealing with your, your team and your directors? It definitely depends on the mood, um, but a song of, of inspiration lately is a shout out to my daughter she's the one who who turned me on to this song that is just um i mean it's a mood it's definitely like when you need a little shot of adrenaline and inspiration and a little extra fight in you it's um it's a song by lemon demon and it's um the ultimate showdown of ultimate destiny lemon wow and um yeah, it's that it's that extra cup of coffee that you need that is just it, actually any time of day, any or the evening. Awesome. It's a brilliant song that uh yeah. Well we're gonna bump that to the number one playlist. Uh it's gonna be the intro <laughs> song. Do you guys, heard it? On the Do you guys know now. it? I've okay. never heard it. I'm listening. Okay. It's going to be on the way home. You're going to love it. I'm, I'm downloading it. I'm the, the commute. It's brilliant. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Lemon Demon. What a great name for a band. Right? Yeah, right. Amazing. Leah, what about you? What's on your playlist? I mean, I tend to listen to pretty intense stuff as well, uh, somewhere between like heavy metal and like heavy electronic music. Um, I've been really into 100 Gex right now, which is a band that probably no one except Gen Z is going to uh, light up, but really been into that right now. Um, if I had to pick something... Hmm, I really enjoyed um, Carolyn Spolacek's last album. 
which is called Desire I Want to Turn Into You. It's 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 innovative pop. It is sort of uh, a little dreamy, um, nice little mood uh, in the background when you're trying to work and uh, be breezy. Nice. nice. Cool. I'm loving this. Good good additions. Well, that'll, that'll make the uh, the podcast this week uh, now that the the episodes out there in the world. So uh, yeah, to have a listen, it's a quite the eclectic playlist. Um, there's some interesting choices. There's some less interesting choices. I'm not going to, I've already named them before. I'm not going to name them every podcast <laughs> so they'll get a complex, but there's some ups and downs for sure in quality. As eclectic as the people at Frame Stores, right? Exactly. It goes back to your <laughs> earlier answer, Michelle, without a doubt. Well, that was part one. Join us for part two of the Frame Store podcast this Thursday, where Leo takes over proceedings as co-host and interviews Michelle. See you then. Thank you.